Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter Twenty-three. The Blind King. A Space Without Time. <laughs> Looks like you took quite a spill, said the tin woodman as he stood over the ragged body of Mister. After an intense float down the narrowing river of Acheron, the straw man was lucky to be in one piece when he washed up on its banks. He ignored the comment as he slowly returned to his feet. They looked around at their new surroundings. The river flowed into what appeared to be a large city. It looked like a colorless version of emerald. Tall buildings and winding roads, all leading to a giant black spire in the center. Red flames shot from the windows that ran the length of it, and a large plume of black smoke billowed from its top. The streets were not stone here, but instead spongy, marshy soil. People threw bright yellow-gold coins from the windows of each building. As the gold hit the ground... Thin, blackened hands reached up from beneath the surface, grasping at the wasted wealth, and pulled it down and out of sight. The windows of the buildings slammed shut, and the grabbing hands hastily retreated to the mucky earth as a loud siren blared. The explosions of the fires that burst from the tower grew louder and an immense heat ran throughout the city. A heat that turned into nothing but a warm breeze by the time it reached the travelers. The tin woodman watched as two large wolfmen marched down the streets toward them, their fur sleek and gray, their large hairy hands gripping long sickles that somehow seemed to shimmer even in the small amount of light the city offered. If he had a heart in his metal chassis, it would have been pounding at the very sight. He was not one to be easily struck with fear, but it was the wolfmen who proved to be his most equal adversaries in the past, more so than even the largest tree. Mister did not see the wolfmen. Instead, he saw two large winged apes. They stood tall and proud with blank stares. Unlike the ones in his past, these appeared to be all work and no play. They carried with them large chains that rattled in their hands and dragged on the ground behind them their raven's wings calm and regal at their backs. 
Mr. and the Woodman were escorted into the Black Tower. Mr. felt a strange deja vu when he saw a large staircase hugging the walls from top to bottom. The floor in the center of the room turned into a large pit. As they passed by, each of them cautiously glanced down into the hole. In the eyes of the woodman, the bottom of the pit held a large pool of water. In the water below, several hundred wolfmen all snapped and clawed at each other. His knees buckled as he stumbled forward, only to be saved by the curved blade of one of his captors hooking around his waist. The wolves below howled and cringed as the sickle scratched the woodman's metal surface, creating a high-pitched screech, amplified by the echo chamber that was the pit. Mr. peered over to find brawling ape-men. Their wings, ripped from their bodies, hung high on the pit's walls and just out of reach. They shrieked and hollered as they mercilessly tore at one another. Mister watched as one fell to the floor in the center, and cried as the rest of them ripped into it with ravenous appetites. He stepped back at the sight of the animals thrusting pieces of oily flesh into their mouths. He offered no resistance to the two ape-men charged with escorting him further into the tower. Mr. and the Woodman stood front and center in a large room. Giant furnaces lined the walls. Men, women, and children, all skeletal in frame, shoveled a mixture of coal and shit and piss into the ovens, paying no attention to the visitors. Seated on a large wrought-iron throne before the travelers was a figure of mass stature, a very thin and very tall man. He had no hair resting on his strangely oblong head, and nothing but black holes where his eyes once were. A thick, dark green liquid flowed from the empty sockets. He was draped in what was once an elegant white robe. Now it was covered in black smudges from the coal and scorch marks from the embers of the flames. Mister looked cautiously at the furnaces. One stray spark, and he would be toast. The woodman only looked at the king seated before them. He could not tell if this man was alive or dead. He assumed he was alive. If he was not, why would they be brought here? Do you know who I am? asked the man, his voice deep and dark. Should we? asked the tin woodman in response. Answering a question with a question was his passive-aggressive way of aggravating those who aggravated him. I am the Blind King, the ruler of this city. 
the overseer of these hoarders and wasters, the wrathful souls in my prisons, the sullen squanderers of life who shovel filth into the flames. The woodman took a step back, only to feel the blade of the wolfman's sickles pressing against him. Why are you here? asked the blind king. In my city. Oh, we're just passing through, answered an extremely nervous mister. Looking for a witch by the name of Vel. Everyone in the room stopped shoveling and knelt, bowing their heads at the mention of the witch. The blind king slowly stood up, revealing his true stature. He stood tall at thirteen feet, his hands the size of large watermelons. He walked over to his guests and looked down at them with his hollowed eyes. Well, he asked quietly, slowly, what is it you want from that vile witch? We're looking to kill her, said the woodman. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you are not going to kill her. Many in this land of the other side have attempted to take her life, and none of them have been successful. In fact, the only one that ever came close to such a feat was me. And she took my eyes as a trophy. Do not underestimate me, replied the woodman sternly, with an authoritarian voice. I wouldn't dream of it, said the blind king cordially. If you think you have the ability to remove her from this plane, who am I to stand in your way? But if you think you are going to do it in your current form with your current weapon, you are sorely mistaken.'